You're listening to LaBeau's Life Lessons, where we believe that you can change if you truly want to. Listen and take notes from our dynamic host, LeBeau Colbert. You're sure to learn something you didn't know. Remember to follow and share this message with someone you love. Now, on to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to LeBeau's Life Lessons. I am running a little late, but forgive me. I am looking forward to talking about today's topic. Now, last week, I was doing a series on uh, attitudes, and I was going to do the other half today. Today, instead, I felt prompted to talk about something else that was heavier on my heart. And so next week, I will circle back around to that initial lesson. Now, today, we're going to be um, discussing what I call inner villain. And so we're going to talk about seven dark traits you should never ignore. And it's really serious. So I hope that you stick around and comment online. I do read the comments and uh, we discuss a lot of great stuff. So uh, looking forward to hearing from you guys. So um, just before I was able to get started today, there was a video someone tagged me in. And in that video, and I posted it on my page, it is a mom that is cutting off all of her daughter's hair, beautiful daughter, cutting off all of her daughter's hair. Um, you know how some of these parents get online and they feel like they're disciplining their child correctly and they want to make an example of them by humiliating them online. So she gets online, cuts all of her daughter's hair off, and she says she's doing it because her daughter's grades are slipping. Now, most people saw that for what it was. Hatred, envy, jealousy, a lack of parenting skills, um, among other things. Um, but some people try to normalize it. And a lot of people normalize abuse because that's what they're used to. They think it's culture. And when they see things like that, they don't really take issue with it. And so um, I posted that and it, and it kind of made me realize, you know what, this ties all into what I'm talking about today because it's obvious that that mom um, and it's on my Facebook page um, as well. It's obvious that that mom has left a lot of her emotional issues and childhood trauma unchecked. And when you do that, this is how the your personal villain origin story begins, is when you have a bad upbringing or trauma in your upbringing, um, and then you leave it unchecked, and then it grows into something um, that you, that you barely can control. And you go around hurting people because what hurt people hurt people. And so we're talking about some of the worst personality flaws that can come out of pain, how to recognize it, what it is, and, and what to do moving forward. So that's what um, this is gonna be about today. Uh, if you wanna see that video, it's on my page. The girl's name is Bella underscore believe Bessalina, she lives in Toronto. She's the one that cut all of her daughter's hair off. Um, and she just, the follow-up videos just were even more cringy and worse. And uh, so you can look up that. Another interesting point before I go into the lesson is um, we were discussing, you know, how Child Protective Services would, would deal with this. And some people who had gone through Child Protective Services 
um, uh, some of those people have gone through that has said how, you know, child protective services will put her in foster care and foster care is horrible. So my question is, you know, are people today more afraid of a child going through the foster care system than they are of the child being abused at home? So it looks like somebody on my um, live is trying to normalize the abuse. Her name is Glow. G-L-O-W-W-7, and she says, the daughter didn't cry not one time, it's just hair, it will grow back. And that person is the exact thing I was just now talking about, how people go through traumatic issues and, and see abuse, and it's, they see it so often, it's so normal that they don't think anything is wrong with that. When you ask a woman in a, an abusive relationship, why don't you just leave? Most of the time you're talking to a woman that is even in that relationship because she was abused growing up anyway. She attracted an abuser because she was in a, in a state of low self-esteem. And now that she's reenacting what she went through in her childhood, you're telling her, hey, this is bad. You shouldn't be going through this. But to them, they've already normalized that act, that behavior a long time ago. And they're, they're like, well, wh which part? Uh, you know, what's really, I don't like it, but it's not really that bad. And it's because people live in their own world. We are in a world together, living in our own individual worlds. In their world, there's nothing wrong with cutting off your daughter's hair to humiliate her. To them, that makes sense. To them, that is a parenting, a good parenting form uh, of discipline. And to them, that makes sense. And I'm saying that is abuse. And we were talking about it on Facebook and we, and we were saying, um, you know, a lot of this goes on in the black community, not just here in America, but also in Africa. And I say this, Black, the black community needs to rethink its discipline styles. Because if you notice, we weren't the ones giving the discipline. We were receiving the discipline. You don't see the people who were handing down the discipline, that, that abuse, doing it to their own children primarily. That's largely within our community. So we took that trauma, embodied it, normalized it, and then passed it down as a heritage to our children. And our children have normalized abuse, so much to the point that they uh, defend abuse and call it parenting. And so this is, this is something that, that needs to change, that whole mindset. Don't you see how we keep re-traumatizing ourselves? And then we want to wonder what, why are our kids messed up and, and this and that. Um, somebody was trying to ask me sincerely, they weren't trolling, they asked me sincerely, well, what, what was something else she could have done? Like, what else should she have done? What are some other ways of dealing with a child that is, you know, their grades are slipping and they're not listening? And to me, it blew my mind. But see, me, I was, I was an 18-year-old mom, but I was taking parenting classes when I was 17 years old. Once I learned that I was pregnant, I was taking seven, uh, parenting classes. I took multiple parenting classes. And it took those multiple parenting classes and healing from my own trauma to understand how to parent correctly and not pass on toxicity. 
So let's get into the lesson today. Again, we're talking about intervilling. We're going to try to capture um, toxic personality traits, or I just say evil personality traits, or if you don't catch it early enough, it's, it's definitely going to turn evil. Um, and we're going to talk about what those are. The number one, and this isn't in order, we're talking about seven. Number one is self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is a character flaw that can definitely lead to a lot of evil. Just the same way ambition can. Um, the word righteousness is put in, in there and, and, and that denotes that this person feels righteous. And this is the reason why it is, con is covert and it goes unchecked. Because to them, they see their behavior and their mindset as righteousness, but it is toxic. It's a toxic point of view, okay? So here's the characteristics, all right? Now, pay attention. These are, these are some of the signs that you are self-righteous. Loves dominance and control has the potential to be sadistic because some when people are self-righteous they justify treating other people bad okay in the name of righteousness preoccupied with feelings of persecution always feeling attacked always feeling like people are plotting against you classic deflector everything is always somebody else's fault trying to put the blame on somebody else. Seldom, if ever, finds fault with themselves. They can find fault with everyone else, but not themselves. Seldom, if ever, apologizes, okay? And one of the reasons why they don't apologize, and you may be saying, I know somebody who's just like this and they never apologize. The reason why they don't apologize is because they feel like you are beneath them. So why would they apologize to you? They feel like they're above you. Thank you, Dazzle Diva. So they don't apologize. They are often the aggressor, but they play the victim, okay? And it's, it's, it's like that. For them, they feel victimized, so they become the aggressor. They go on the offensive because they think that they are being attacked or will be attacked, okay? This person is a whiner and a complainer, a fault finder, rationalizes treating people poorly because they feel like they are superior. Now, how does this hinder you in life, right? Because that's, that is what this lesson is all about. It's not just calling out traits for the sake of just Pointing, pointing fingers, we have to understand that these character flaws are directly related to self-sabotage, okay? And literally, it creates a self-fulfilling prophecy in our lives when we leave it unchecked. Self-righteousness or self-righteous people lose opportunities because people will not favor you, recommend you, promote you, refer you, if they feel like you treat them like an inferior. If you walk around with this pompous attitude that you're better than people, 
then people feel that they're picking that up from you and they will distance themselves from you and that blocks your blessings okay now I'm not talking about people who get falsely categorized and, and people look at them and they assume that they're somebody they're not because maybe you're more reserved and people assume that you're snubbing them just because you're more reserved and you like to be by yourself that's not what I mean I'm talking about somebody who is genuinely self-righteous who walks around thinking like this um, with this arrogance about them okay and so what we need to do is transition from that self-righteousness attitude to a humble attitude okay a humble attitude all right number two of the seven dark traits you should never ignore is entitlement this is a trait you should never ignore and this is a big one okay a person with entitlement has a callous affect they're reckless. They don't really think about how their actions um, affect other people. So, for instance, if a person is entitled, let's say um, if you have a friend and they have a, a bill that's due, maybe their light bill is due, and then they're saying, I need your help, you're my friend, blah, 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 blah. But they know that if they take your money from uh, to pay their light bill, you won't have your rent money. But to them, that doesn't matter because if you're really their friend, then you would help them. That is an entitled attitude. That's somebody who obligates the people in their life to fix their problems and feels entitled to their resources. Okay? A person who is entitled is easily distracted. Okay? Uh, they... And when I say distracted, I mean they're easily distracted from their goals. They're not really focused on um, doing the things they need to do for themselves because there's always somebody to bail them out because they make they guilt people into helping them out. Okay, they give half-hearted efforts in fixing their problems because again, they don't ever really feel the pressure to really outperform their what they're doing or to do better for themselves because they subconsciously are always knowing that there is a safety net there okay um, they expect other people in their lives to solve their problems they resent you if you don't clean up their mistakes as soon as you could do 10 things for them the 11th thing they ask you for if you say no there's a problem you don't ever do anything for them uh, you don't ever help them and I'm always helping you and blah 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 okay we've heard it all before okay they rely heavily on others they're selfish they're putting their needs before yours um, they lack emotional maturity, and that's one of the reasons why they feel entitled, okay? Because they don't feel that they need to be responsible for their own problems and their own actions and consequences in their own life. So that emotional maturity is actually the origin of the entitlement because if you're a mature adult and you, you would not be, you would not feel like it's other people's responsibility to deal with your problems or to fix it for you, right? Okay, so that's where it's coming from. 
That's also the reason why they can't be considerate of your emotions because a child, a person, a child does not consider the parents, the, the feelings of their parents. Okay, when we were teenagers, did we think about our parents' feelings? No. The only things we, we did was focus on what we wanted from our parents. A person who's entitled has that same type of mindset. They didn't grow past that. So mentally, still children, mentally still saying, gimme, 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 gimme. Okay? So that's, that's where they, they have an issue. They use others without conviction. They don't feel bad about using other people. Okay? Like, it doesn't even occur to them that there is a problem. When I was a teenager, I used to go and sleep over at people's house, and I would eat them out of house and home. And the reason why that is, is because um, when I was growing up, there wasn't food in the house by my, at my mom's house. And because of that, I had like a prisoner's mentality. Like I, I ate like a dog when I was by other people's houses because I didn't know when was the next time I was going to eat. And so I would go to other people's houses and eat them out of house and home and never even think to say thank you. Yeah, somebody's laughing at me, but I'm serious. I, I didn't even think to say thank you, or I didn't even think to try to help them with anything. Like, they, they, if they asked me to help them, I would help them with something, but it never occurred to me that I should do something to show my gratitude. And this is how some grown adults are. They, they didn't grow out of that selfish mentality. And for that reason, they feel no real obligation to contribute to you. So it's all about, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this for me? Can I have that? Can I borrow this? Can I borrow that? And, and, but never ever think about, uh, oh, I just got paid. Let me go put groceries in the house. Or, oh, I just got paid. Do you need help with anything? Like these people don't think like that, okay? So they're inconsiderate, narcissistic. That's obvious. They can be deceitful. Sometimes they'll say, oh, can you help me? I got to pay my car note. When it's really them robbing Peter to pay Paul. Okay, there's no car bill due. They're just asking you for uh, money to pay off somebody else's ill. And so people do things like that. Lazy, grandiose, another, a few other traits that are sub-traits underneath entitlement have grandiose ideas about them. Have you ever met a person who will talk about you for having a nine to five, but leech off of you, mooch off of you, lay on your couch, eat your food, but refuse to get a job because these jobs are beneath them. They have a degree. They're not going to go work up the street anywhere. Have you ever met these? Oh, I'm going to be a millionaire someday. I just need to get on my feet. Hmm. No, there's a lot of men like this. Wayne. Wayne Eich. He says, you seem to be describing wives. No, the uh, wives contribute to the household. I'm talking about people who are immature. They, they eat off of you. They take advantage of you, and they contribute nothing, and they don't see about you. Now, if you have a wife like that, then you married an emotionally immature wife. Don't say wives, because that doesn't apply to everybody. Okay, so, um, but the grandiosity plays into it too, because if I think I'm better than you, I don't feel like I need to do anything for you, right? This is how some of these people feel. Um, inflated sense of importance, 
has no problem with receiving the credit and rewards for the sacrifices of others. So these are the people that, that don't have any problem with riding other people's coattails and not having to earn a thing. Just mooching off of, even if they're not mooching off of your money, mooching off of your reputation, mooching off of your name or being associated with you. Okay, there's many different ways people can use you and feel entitled to what you have. Okay, and a lot of these people can also be jealous of you and use you and still and be jealous of you and you're helping them and they're jealous of you. They'll talk about you and let you help them feel entitled to your help, still be jealous of you and talk about you. Someone says, yes, that was my ex-boyfriend. Someone else says, some people think it's going to be handed to them. Yes. Okay. And as a side note, when it comes to the self-entitlement, sometimes people develop those habits because it is their family dynamic. They are used to leaning on each other a lot and they end up leaning on each other too much, so much to the point that they're codependent. And with that codependency, it, it births the entitlement because everybody's so used to helping each other that they get mad at each other for not helping each other, right? If, if one decides, I'm going to look out for myself, now that person becomes the bad guy because they're looking out for themselves. Someone says, D Dylan says, yeah, mental illness, like I was saying. Carl says, it's actually a lot of women like this. I know that for a fact, they aren't looking for love. They are looking for gifts and a place to stay. And, and, and Carl, I'm not going to invalidate that. I think you are right. I think there are people like that on both sides. The question is, um, you know, when you see something like that, if you feel like that's happening to you, you have to ask yourself, okay, what is it? I'm not, I'm not pointing blame. I'm just listening to what I'm saying. Okay, if you keep going through that, ask yourself, what is it about me that's giving off that I'm the type of guy that would be okay with that? Am I giving off the wrong impression? And or am I being attracted to the type of women who have this personality type? So for instance, if I don't like guys who are rough around the edges, who treat me like I don't have any, um, like I'm not a human being, they don't, they, we have dysfunction, toxicity or whatever, um, I'm not going to go, f I'm not going to entertain the types of guys that fall into that category. Like if I'm, if most of those guys tend to be like the, excuse me if I'm offending anybody, but like if it's a thug type of guy, like <laughs> at some point I have to say, you know, maybe I need to leave the, the guys covered in tattoos with gold teeth and, and all of that alone. Maybe I need to be looking at something else, you know? If you want, if you're looking, if the only types of girls you're attracted to are the ones that have weaves down to here, nails out to here, boobs out to here, BBLs out to here, and then you look at them and say, why do y'all only want me for money? You have to, at some point, realize, okay, look at the, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to stereotype, but I'm saying, look at what you're looking at 
it is obvious that you can deduce that this person is materialistic and or is looking for a man that is willing to spoil her so if that's if you're not the spoiling guy stop going after the bbl baddie girls because that's what they want okay most of them all right so that's just something that sometimes we don't think about so the way that entitlement messes all of us up is if we let it get out of control is <sighs> entitled people tend to fall short of their goals repeatedly and the reason why is they never work hard enough to reach their goals and the reason why they ne they never work hard enough to reach their goals is because they already feel like they've worked hard enough if you feel like you've done enough you won't work harder if you feel like mentally you're already there and you already deserve everything you won't really work hard and that's how you end up never getting there okay yeah somebody's talking about that video of that girl I was mentioning they says that that video gave me no wire hangers yep very abusive so we want to go we want to transition from entitled mindset to hardworking okay we gotta we got to realize that some sometimes we're not giving our best Dylan said what does BBL mean BBL is Brazilian butt lift the girls who you know are getting the, their butts done all right number three pessimism pessimism is a dark trait you can't ignore someone says is it okay to have some sense of entitlement depending on the situation um i mean yeah within reason see that the entitlement i'm talking about is is um you know it's not called for it's it's not warranted it's unwarranted entitlement if it's something that you did work for and somebody's withholding it from you then that you know that's not wrong yeah that that video was pretty bad blue baby black yes people are still reacting to that video on my page okay number three pessimism this person blames external forces for all of their shortcomings it's always somebody else's fault because they're really not actually facing their problem see a, a pessimistic person does not change their logic you understand they don't change their logic so they go through the same things over and over again all right so their their life is like a perpetual present nothing changes because they haven't introduced new logic to their life so they keep doing the same things and they keep thinking it's somebody else's fault okay but they're not actually facing their problem so they just stay feeling negative about it all right they are uncomfortable with themselves they don't like to be alone this was this is what causes them to be emotional vampires a, a pessimistic person is an emotional vampire so they're always looking to have people on the phone all the time they always want to be chatting with people because they're drawing energy they they I mean the boredom of being by themselves they hate 
they they easily give up and they assume the worst of others they assume everybody thinks the worst of them and they assume that the worst will happen here's the way that it can cause problems in your life yeah somebody said Tehran said just tuning in but I know people who fit this trait mm-hmm this is how pessimism wrecks our lives pessimistic people live without expectation of a positive outcome okay so they don't take actions to increase the likelihood of a positive outcome this turns into a self-fulfilling prophecy which perpetuates the cycle of negativity so if you don't expect anything good to happen you're not going to posture yourself to put anything good in motion so in effect pessimistic people don't take action they don't take action they don't change their actions so nothing changes and then they blame somebody else that nothing changed okay so we gotta go from negative to positive and I'm speaking from uh, personal experience because I addressed my pe pessimistic attitude 20 years ago when I realized that it just wasn't right I needed to stop thinking negatively just because I had a lot of negative things occur in my life you know after I healed from my pessimism I looked back on my life and I so, saw so many blessings whereas back then the only thing I could see was negativity and it was because that is what I was choosing to magnify I had half of my childhood over here that was sucky and then the other half over here that was pretty good okay because I had a kind of like a rich dad poor dad lifestyle mom's family dad's family two completely different classes so I looked I only focused on the negative part everything that went wrong all the struggles my life over here with the struggle and then the other life I just was like oh but this yeah I know I had to but this oh yeah they we always did this together but this it was so bad and I let that be the focal point whatever you make the focal point is what expands so pessimistic people have to stop you have to control your own mind you have to stop focusing on the negative things because that's what's going to get bigger you will start seeing negative 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 everywhere you go and it is a lifelong battle I mean it doesn't have to be but it can be a lifelong battle and you have to confront it okay number four of the seven dark traits you should never ignore to prevent yourself from becoming a villain is absolutism absolutism okay and for those of you who are wondering what that is is um, it's the type of person that cannot see gray it's black and white this or that all or nothing okay so here's here are some traits to describe this person usually doesn't play well with others sees the world in black and white lacks empathy and understanding cannot sympathize unless they relate and I was posting about this the other day people invalidating each other's experience simply because they didn't go through it 
oh, I've never experienced racism. Racism is a thing in the past because you're not going through it. You're going to invalidate somebody else's world experience. It's unnecessary. Two things can be true at once. People who are absolutists cannot see that. They don't see how science and um, spirituality can work together. They just, they're not able to like mesh two different things and see things from different perspectives. They can only see one way. And that's a big problem, okay? They look for confirmation biases and never change their point of view even when new per, uh, information is presented. So stubborn, okay? Can't see two sides of an issue. Can't see two sides. Chooses a side, sticks with it no matter what, no matter what they find out. It doesn't matter. I made up my mind about this person. I don't care what you say, blah, blah, blah. You can't tell me nothing, blah, blah. That type of mindset, okay? Slow to change, cannot adapt well. So the way that this messes us up is absolutists limit themselves in every area of life, which results in moderate success. It is too hard for them to change their minds or adapt to new information for them to react quickly enough, okay? So this results in them losing a lot of time. This is a person that they will fix, fix themselves in a situation or with a person or whatever even though they can can be presented with more opportunities a better solution new information they'll stick with it even though they don't like it okay and or if this person was a business owner this is a type of person who um this is the type of person that even with new data that would impact how they, let's say, market their business. They still won't change. They won't change the project, project or the product. They just are immovable. And this person needs to learn how to become more understanding. That's the trend, transition here. Go from black and white thinking to more understanding so you can stop limiting yourself. If you don't have any understanding, you're not gonna go as far as you really want to go in life. Number five, laziness. Laziness. Now, this is a tough one because nobody's going to admit that they're lazy, just like nobody's going to admit that they're jealous, okay? Those are two traits that we don't really like to, to fess up to. But one way you can know if you're a lazy person is it's if you are faced with having to to work hard you are instantly upset like if somebody puts an obstacle in your way it irritates you and that is because you are so used to convenience that any type of obstacle becomes a major distraction in your day and this is annoying to other people because this is the type of person that can sometimes become a Karen. Um, for instance, if, well, I'm not going to detract, but the point is, I'll explain the characteristics here. A lazy person is a dreamer. They talk big talk, but they don't take action. They're not self-starters. So 
you have to be begged to do things that you know you're supposed to be doing. You have to be dragged to do things that are good for you. You can't stand movement. You can't, you love relaxing. You love resting. You don't feel motivated to make anything of yourself in your life. Um, only works because you have to. Finds no pleasure in doing anything that's not entertaining or fun. If it's not entertaining or fun, you really are only doing it because you have to. And where this is coming from is a lack of emotional maturity. Because this is how children think. Children are are only motivated by fun, pleasure, right? Or the fear of loss. So this is how you motivate a child. Child, do this. Um, and I'll give you this, or child, do that, or I'm going to take away that. I don't like that parenting style, but I'm using that as an example. For this person, they only do what they feel they must do. That is a big issue because if you think like that, most of the time you don't have any interest in intrinsic um, personal growth or you don't feel motivated to grow or evolve. Like it's just not something you think is important. So therapy, nah. Reading books, nah. Talking, communicating my stuff, nah. I don't have the energy for that. This holds you back in life. It makes it so that you don't ever really grow up. So that, that is, is a big issue. And the way that it holds us back is that Lazy people are usually loved by everyone, don't get me wrong, because they're usually funny people who are laid back and easygoing, but usually they end up leaving this earth never being taken seriously, always being seen as the joke. And I, I don't think that's, I don't think anybody wants to go out like that. Um, Usually also people are reluctant to support them, even if they try to do something. Because if you're known as the person that lacks discipline and really can't stick to anything, people are reluctant to show you their support. And they kind of, you know, they're skeptical. Oh, you're starting a new business? Mm, okay, oh, okay. Un unless you're really, really, really consistent with that, they're not gonna really be cheering you on because they think you're gonna fail. And if that's been you, you, you got to do this for yourself. Don't worry about proving anybody wrong, but you've got to do this for yourself. And the great thing about all of these negative traits is that you can overcome each and every one of them. That's the whole reason why I'm talking about it. They're not insurmountable. You can do this. Um, but yeah, this is, this is the issue. So for lazy people, we want to transition into discipline, focus discipline and focus and I'm telling you this as a um, as a reformed lazy person I can admit that I used to be lazy um, having a child changed that having a child motivated me but it did take a lot of um, it took a lot of hardships to really make me toughen up and realize that I could not, I could not, um, I couldn't afford to not be purposeful. So I take life way too seriously now to ever be lazy. So that's something we can overcome.
Sorry guys, I'm just reading comments. Someone says, you are definitely speaking to me, but I don't want to have a child to change. I'm trying to instill, mm-hmm, yes. So yeah, I mean, that's, unfortunately it took me a child to make me grow up. And I mean, I was still a kid, but you know what I mean. Okay, number six, self-pity. Self-pity is a dark trait you should never ignore. Self-pity self can turn into something real, real ugly. Um, good. And you can, you can instill discipline in yourself in so many different ways. Um, so many ways. I'm glad you guys are finding this helpful. That makes me feel good. Self-pity can turn into envy just like that. Because if you pity yourself and you see yourself as a victim, you might fixate on people who you think have it better than you and in a negative way. Self-pity is a coping mechanism to deal with disappointment in life. It's a way that you console yourself. People who are uh, self-pityers are people who feel like nobody empathizes with them, like nobody gets them or gets how hard it is for them. So it's kind of a way to baby yourself, you know, kind of like cheer yourself up when you feel like nobody understands what you're going through. But if you really have let this self-pity thing get go too far here, I mean, we all do it from time to time, okay? But here's when you know it's gone too far. You lament over the smallest inconvenience smallest inconvenience okay um you thrive on attention you have to be liked by everybody you don't stand up for yourself you feel pleasure when people pity you right what is that um munchenhausen and munchenhausen by proxy um you seek pity so you make a lot of excuses for yourself. You prefer to wallow in self-loathing. You blame um, yourself for anything that goes wrong, even if it's not your fault. Um, you think low of yourself. You settle for a lot of mistreatment that you do not deserve. Um, and you have no boundaries or you don't really, um, you don't really enforce your boundaries and you don't have standards. Someone says, uh, Terran says, agreed a positive perspective threatens the narrative that they have learned to depend on as a defining trait of their value. I love that. Dylan says their ego won't allow them to simply be wrong. The self-discipline of introspection has, hasn't been groomed or fostered enough for them to look at their self and do the inner work. Yes, yes. The introspection is big, guys. So that's what this is. All my content is about introspection. And I know that it can sometimes seem negative to people, but honestly, that's just the way I talk. I'm, I'm just a blunt person. But um, it's really about people convict uh convicting themselves so they can learn how to heal look at themselves change and not go on and hurt other people so how self-pity 
hurts us is that you can live in a perpetual state of depression and depressed people typically don't reach their potential. So that's where the self-pity is taking you. You give yourself enough excuses. You allow yourself to wallow in sorrow. It keeps you depressed and it drains you of motivation to push forward and achieve. So here you are stagnant because you're in self-pity, okay? So we wanna move self-pity into self-love, okay? Now, number seven, we're at the end. Number seven of the seven dark traits you shouldn't ignore in my episode called Inner Villain. And um, this is going to be available on YouTube in every place you listen to podcasts and LeBeauxLifeLessons.com. Okay, is insecurity. Insecurity is number seven. <sighs> insecurity is what? Being envious, jealous. You project your fears onto other people. You have deep feelings of inferiority. You become a doormat. You become a pessimist, low opinion of yourself, or you hide behind a false sense of grandiosity, easily led astray by other people's approval, living for people's approval, no sense of self, don't really know who you are, okay? And eventually that can lead to a decline in your morals or low moral standards. Because if you're insecure and you have a low opinion of yourself, you might get the idea that you can, that it's okay for you to cheat to get ahead. Or you may excuse your bad behavior because you feel entitled to getting what you want. Because sometimes uh, that insecurity can make you go a bit out of your mind and lead you to do some things against your morals that you don't really want to do, but you felt justified in doing it in the moment and then you regret it later. So, the way that that can mess us up is insecure people um, are generally like if you just walk around with that air about you that you're insecure, a lot of people are turned off by that. And, and you know because confidence turns people on. People love a, a genuinely confident person, not an arrogant person, but a person who's just simply confident. It's something about it that everybody can respect. But in the same way, the, the opposite is true when it comes to being an insecure person. It's something kind of, you know, uh, kind of makes you withdraw. Now, if you're a healer type person, you kind of want to hug those people, right? But most people aren't like that. Um, so they kind of like stand off from you and you wonder, well, why is, I didn't do anything to anybody. Why is everybody's, you know, nobody wants to hang out with me. Nobody, they treat me like, and it's because you walk with your head down, your voice low, and you won't look up at people. And they interpret that as insecurity, and it makes them kind of say, mm, you know, never mind. Okay. And unfortunately, how that plays out in the workforce is a lot of insecure people are skipped over. Um, in their career for promotions and things like that and for getting jobs that they want because they can pick it up in your interview if you're insecure. 
And here you are not achieving the dreams that you deserve and you qualify for simply because you haven't worked out your inferiority complex. Dylan says, I wish I'd caught, have caught the beginning of this. It's not one thing you said that does not apply to someone I know. I'm on the road, but can pull over to type. I need to use excerpts from this with your permission. Sure. You know, and so, um, yeah, insecurity, we have to deal with it. So any more questions or comments before I go? Remember, this is gonna be available shortly tonight. Um, and next week, we're gonna pick up, pick back up on the second half of my episode on bad attitude traits, okay? All right, guys, well, if hearts and minds are clear, my slogan is, um, someone says, where is this going to be available? On YouTube, just type in LeBeau, my name, You'll see my, um, you can type in uh, LeBeau's Life Lessons or you can type in um, LeBeau LLC on YouTube. But the best thing is just to go to my website, LeBeau'sLifeLessons.com. That's where all my episodes are. And any podcast, you, I'm on Audible, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music, um, just everything, Spotify, wherever you listen. But, um, awesome. But, um, yeah, my, my slogan is you can change if you really want to. And I'm, and I say that because this episode really, if you look at the artwork, you'll see the thumbnail when I put this up, I have seven villains and all the villains are me because I'm every trait that I talked about, I am talking about myself. So, this is what I mean. We are the villain that ultimately sabotages ourselves. So we need to work on this. And sometimes it's a lifelong work, work, but it is a worthy work to pursue. All right, guys. See y'all next time. Bye.